You can build the life you've always desired. You can become the person you want to be. You don't have to listen to society. You can step into your inner power and your truths and set yourself free. Welcome to episode four of the Writing to Inspire podcast with your soon-to-be favorite host, Jamal Kadora. Come one, come all. Thank you all so much for your constant support. And for those of you who are new to this, please feel free to follow my writing page on Instagram at writing to inspire. It's all one word. I post my poetry and my prose along with inspirational captions to get you on the right track so that you're living a healthier and more fulfilled life. Episode four is going to be around self-empowerment. Growing up, I witnessed a lot of victimhood, a lot of self-imposed loathing and misery. And what do I mean by that? I saw a lot of people staying in marriages that they had no business being in. Working jobs that drained the life out of them. Never pursuing their passions or their hobbies. Constantly spending time bickering and quarreling with people instead of working on themselves. And I noticed that I carried some of this mentality into my adulthood. So I, would, I was at one point working a job that was making me miserable. I was at one point in a relationship that, with all due respect to the other, I couldn't and shouldn't have been in toward the end. It was no longer serving me, and nor was I being of good service to that individual. And I stuck around and loathed and wallowed in the misery. And just sat and kept wondering, why am I so miserable? Why am I unhappy? Why am I not being the limitless, happy, inspiring person that I set out to be? What are these roadblocks? And you know, when we get into these negative funks, or into these pits of despair, if you will, we tend to look outward. We tend to blame our parents. We tend to blame our friends, our jobs, our manager, our life circumstances overall, but we never look inward. We fail to realize on multiple occasions, that we are the ones who control our own destinies. Now, granted, we can't control every single thing that happens to us or every single misfortune that strikes, but we can control the way we react and the way we respond and the way we rise to the occasion. Because life challenges always knock. Adversity will test you. But it is incumbent upon you to decide how you will respond. Are you going to rise to the occasion? Or are you going to submit? And that right there places you at the proverbial fork in the road. You can either take the path of grit and determination or the path of submission. And I will tell you, that makes all the difference and where your life goes. I want all of us to step away 
from self-victimhood, from self-victimization. We are not victims in our own lives. We are not bystanders to what we tolerate. We are the author. We are the decider of our own lives. So if we notice that we're miserable in a situation, if we notice that we're dealing with unfavorable circumstances, we have the power to change it. If you're miserable at your job, search for other opportunities. If you're overweight and upset, get to a gym and look for a diet plan. If you're unhappy in your relationship, take the steps to work on yourself, to communicate with your partner, and see what can be rectified. If you're hanging out with social groups that do not aid your growth and your journey, disassociate yourself. These are all the choices that empower us, that we neglect. Now, I started this journey, this long, arduous journey of self-love and growth, intently last year. And for those of you who follow my writing page or who have listened to previous episodes, you're somewhat familiar and privy to the situation. I was overweight. I was working at a location I despised. I was in a diminishing relationship. I wasn't really actively pursuing my passions such as writing and reading and editing as heavily as I had done in years past. And I was sitting down and letting life take me by. Letting one day after another fall off the calendar. Letting minute after minute expire off of the clocks as I remained entrenched in self-loathing, in anger, in despair. And I wanted change, but truthfully, I was afraid. I was afraid of seeking a new job. I was afraid of actively and intentionally pursuing my passions and, excuse me, producing more content. Because what if it was bad or what if it, you know, wasn't received well? I was terrified of leaving my relationship because it had become a huge part of my identity. In years past, I was bad with boundaries. I didn't know how to preserve myself while I was engrossed in a relationship. I didn't know how to delineate between my needs and another's needs. I struggled with all of these things, and because of these struggles, I kept myself affixed to this crucifix of perpetual suffering. Because that's what suffering is. It's replaying the same scenes over and over again in your mind and allowing these negative stories to permeate versus empowering yourself to change and to choose differently. And so I sat long and hard with myself. 
and re-evaluated my life and my circumstances. And I went on a deep introspection and asked and inquired of myself, what do I want? Who do I want to be? Where do I want my life to head? And once I got a more concrete idea of that, I began reassessing everything that was a part of my life. But I started with myself. Because all of these miserable factors were ongoing. But there was one common denominator in that equation. And that common denominator was me. And I'm not saying this in a shameful way or in a disparaging way. I'm saying this with compassion and openness and transparency because I want all of us to get used to approaching and confronting ourselves. So I realized that I was the conductor of the train headed toward Misery's Island. And I had a decision to make. I obviously seen that the choices I was committing to were in misalignment with the man and the life that I desired to forge. So little by little, day by day, I began to make changes. I walked away from that relationship, and that was the hardest thing, well, one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I was devastated. I rebuilt myself both mentally, spiritually, and psychologically. I got to the gym. I got on a diet plan. I started writing and changing more content on my page at Writing to Inspire. I revamped my ideas for the, for the podcast, and hey, here we are. <laughs> here we are back on the Writing to Inspire podcast. There we go. And I got myself on the right track. And I started to do the self-work, the meditating, the subconscious reprogramming, the questioning of why it is that I had these self-imposed limitations, these self-defeating notions and misapprehensions that were presiding over me and inhibiting my progress. And I extend the invitation to all of you. Again, I will reiterate with the utmost compassion and empathy that we are not responsible for the things that happen to us. That is indisputable. But we are responsible for what we tolerate. We are responsible for what we choose. And we are responsible for our indolence. For our reluctance to change. And I know that change is hard. Believe me, we are creatures of habit. We seek comfort. We seek familiarity. But growth and fulfillment are on the other side of comfort and familiarity. You have to get comfortable with unfamiliarity, with change, so that you push yourself to grow and adapt and to acquire what you're worthy of. I never thought that I would be a consistent gym goer. I never thought that I could convince myself that I'm worthy of more. I never thought that I'd be able to reprogram and heal from a traumatizing past. Never thought that I would leave my work location as quickly as I did, or that I'd be able to get writing to inspire on the trajectory that I so desired. But I did. And it wasn't luck. 
it wasn't fortune. It wasn't some divine, excuse me, some divine prophecy fulfilled. It was work. It was effort. It was determination. And I'm not saying this in some self-grandiose way. I'm not here to aggrandize any accomplishment. I'm saying this to provide the formula to show all of you that as humans, you too possess the same internal power. You too possess the ability to choose and to deviate from the things that are poisoning you, that are derailing your life course. Because the most powerful thing you can do is tap into yourself and say, you know what, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this relationship. I don't want this friend group. I don't want this job. I don't want this overweight physique, whatever it is. And you can change. The people that you admire, the people that you look up to, and all these accomplishments that you extol, many of them were once in your shoes. Struggling, squandering opportunities, failing. But they bounced back because they hit rock bottom and they allowed their rock bottom to serve as a period of transformation and reconstruction. And I know it's difficult. The last thing you think about is your own capability when you're struggling when you're hurting, when you're devastated and you're in shambles. But change isn't an overnight thing. As the adage says, Rome wasn't built overnight. Greatness takes time, my friends. And you don't want to focus on a year from now, two years from now. Focus on the present. Practice intentionality. Practice sitting with your current thoughts and realizations and understanding what it is they're telling you and how they're guiding you to your future. That's where the change emerges. But if you get lost and entrapped in thinking about, oh, you know, what am I going to be doing a month from now or two months from now or three years from now, you're going to exhaust yourself. And you're going to defeat your own journey. Focus on it one day at a time. If today you did more than yesterday, I don't even care if it was you wrote two more sentences, you lifted five more pounds, you got in three more reps, you you know, booked yourself for a therapy session, whatever the case is, give yourself some credit. Because change is the gradual step the gradual process that we institute daily. So many of us are so used to seeing people when they make it, when they publish that book, they, re they release that album, they get that physique, but we forget that there was a journey behind that goal. That person who has that physique was toiling in the gym when no one saw them. When I wrote my novels, I was spending... Hours upon hours alone in my room. Miserable at times, of course, to get that done. But people only see the final product. 
they don't see the struggle. And when people talk to me now and say, oh, you're positive or, oh, you're doing this, it took me a lot, guys. And it takes everybody a lot to where they want to go, to get to where they want to be. And believe me, I don't have it all figured out. I still have my struggles as any human being does. But just because we have our struggles, it does not mean that we're fated for misery and failure. It does not mean that we can't rise above and surmount these difficulties. We absolutely can. Success and happiness do not involve the absence of struggle and strain. They involve the overcoming of them, the conquering of them, the embracing of life and its tumultuous, unpredictable journey. Because every one of you has the power to change. Every one of you is not a victim or a bystander to your life. You are responsible for what you invite, tolerate, and refuse to expel. Think about that for a moment. Think about it. If you're in a miserable relationship, ask yourself how long you've been in that relationship. Ten months, a year, three and a half years, and then ask yourself why. Why am I still in this miserable relationship? What within me allows me to tolerate mistreatment and mediocrity? You can't control what your partner's doing, but you can control what you tolerate. And apply that same philosophy to your job, to your social circle, to your reluctance to pursue your passions. Because we're responsible for the choices we make. For the commitments we perpetuate. And that's where the power is. The power comes from saying, you know what? No more. I'm done with this. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to be depressed and purposeless. I want to be fulfilled. And you can seek and attain fulfillment. But you must first be willing to do the work. It's not easy. And I'll reflect back on my struggles. Because at this time last year, and I'm having a moment of humility here, and a moment of complete and utter gratitude just for how far I've come. And that's another thing. Don't be afraid to praise yourself for the small accomplishments. For what we misperceive as fleeting accolades. Don't be afraid to commend yourself for that. Because at this time last year, I was in a completely different state. I was miserable. I was restless. I was riddled with self-doubt. And I didn't know where I was headed. And sure, those who saw me on the outside may have thought and may have been under the misapprehension that I had everything decoded. But believe me, I was lost and wandering in my own forest of doom. And it's okay. I started to make those changes. Leaving that relationship, getting into the gym daily, eating better, writing a little bit more every day. Even if it was just a paragraph a day, it was still more than what I was doing. 
even if I didn't have the greatest workout in the gym, I was still there. Even if I tried to read and I could only read 5 to 10 pages versus 20 or 30, I was still getting it done. And that's the same thing to all of you. Commend and applaud yourselves for the small steps that you take, no matter how small they are. Because eventually you will reach that desired destination. And then you can build new goals with the skill set you acquired from your previous journey. From those difficulties. And that's the beautiful part. You never walk away from a difficulty or from a heartbreak or from some type of self-destruction empty-handed. You always walk away with new tools and a new skill set to apply to the new you so that you can construct the life you're desirous of. And that's what I realized. And that's what I want to pass on to all of you. You're not a victim. You're not a bystander. You are the adventurer on the plane. You decide which way you want to head. You decide who you're going to invite on this journey, who you're going to detach from, what you're going to eat, what you're going to explore, which mountain you're going to climb. All of that is your choice. And when you tap into that power, you incite change. You invite the good fortunes and the right people and the right love to enter and to penetrate your world so that you may bloom and so that you may prosper. I hope that this message is finding you in a time when you thought no one would. I hope that my voice in this podcast can be the light that you need. Can be the life raft that saves you and brings you to the shore. That keeps you afloat. Because there is a brighter future out there. There is a better you that awaits. There is an opportunity to change and to fulfill yourself. You just have to be brave enough to take the first step. To believe in yourself and in your journey, no matter how bad or how dark the days get. So I pose this question to you. It's rhetorical, of course. What is keeping you miserable? Why haven't you changed it? Start with that. And it'll allow you to soul search. It'll allow you to reflect. And you'll gain the clarity you'll be able to go to where you need to go. You'll find the path. As always, I thank you all for listening. And feel free to rate this, share this, leave it five stars. And to follow my page at Writing to Inspire. It's a wonderful, loving, vibrant community who will support you and uplift you. And I hope to see all of you there. And I'll see you next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Writing to Inspire podcast. Please be sure to give it five stars and leave a comment so that it spreads to other people. As always, I appreciate you and happy healing.